0: Welcome to the TPS 5 for the week of October 2nd. TPS 5 is a weekly recap of the latest in marketing, communications, and digital healthcare news, as curated by the expert hosts of the Touchpoint Media Network. Our lead story this week highlights an interesting success story in the fight against online misinformation. Pinterest. This is from an article on Stat News entitled, How Pinterest Beat Back Vaccine Misinformation and What Facebook Can Learn from Its Approach. As we've talked about before, the battle over misinformation amid the COVID-19 pandemic has pitted health experts, parts of the public, and leaders of online social media platforms against one another. The loss of trust in these social platforms are plummeting, and users are struggling to determine what is true and what is not. As the article points out so far, one social media giant seems to be winning the fight against falsehoods. Pinterest. Pinterest is a social media company that made a name for itself as an idea collection platform for everything from clothing trends to healthy recipes. But little did we know, it has also taken a hardline strategy against health misinformation, and in particular, vaccine falsehoods. In fact, Pinterest has a zero tolerance vaccine misinformation policy that includes a team tasked with enforcing it and a flexible approach that accounts for emerging intel from health authorities. Pinterest's strategy is radically different from that of other social media platforms, specifically Facebook, a platform that is plagued with misinformation run rampant. Facebook has frequently cited free speech as the reason for leaving potentially harmful posts untouched, but has recently drawn criticism from health experts who say the social network hasn't done enough to combat it. Facebook needs to take a lesson from Pinterest. Pinterest results suggest that if Facebook scaled up its moderation, it might get further, said Neil Johnson, professor of physics and researcher at the Institute for Data, Democracy, and Politics at George Washington University. The article suggests that the success of Pinterest in finding misinformation stems from its mission statement, inspire people to do the things they love. Compare this to Facebook, who has built their platform centered around connection, either negative or positive. Now, unlike Facebook, which has separate teams for safety and health, Pinterest considers public safety and individual or community health to be two sides of the same coin. Its health misinformation policy states that any content that could result in immediate negative effects on someone's health or on the safety of the general public has no place on the platform, and there are no exceptions for prominent political leaders or celebrities. Content that incites violence or false and misleading health information or hateful content, all of these things we see as antithetical to inspiration, says Sarah Brahma, the company's head of policy. Users who search for either vaccines or COVID-19 and any related terms are shown results only from Pinterest boards mentioned by the World Health Organization, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and the American Academy of Pediatrics. For vaccines and COVID, subjects that simultaneously threaten individual health and public safety, the company has escalated its anti-misinformation tactics. For example, ahead of the planned release of the second pandemic conspiracy film, Pinterest had its moderators run proactive searches for terms that might've been associated with the movie, deleting them to nip any problematic content in the bud. The strategy isn't perfect, of course. There's still an abundance of pin collections that encourage non-evidence-based treatments for issues like anxiety and weight loss. Yet overall, the approach has produced some positive outcomes, especially when it comes to vaccine misinformation, which was once very common on Pinterest. Pinterest also suspends people from the platform who violate their misinformation policy. Facebook has also tried to combat misinformation by pointing people to use its search feature to information about vaccines and COVID-19 from the CDC and the World Health Organization. But using the search bar is only a secondary action on the site, and this attempt hasn't stemmed the tide of growing pool of groups and pages that spread falsehoods about the two subjects. In a July report assessing the growing influence of anti-vaccination content on social media, the UK-based nonprofit Center for Countering Digital Hate found that so-called anti-vaccination entrepreneurs, that is, people who sell or profit off of vaccine misinformation, actually achieved a total following of 28 million people on Facebook and saw their followers grow by 854,000. For Pinterest, the company's approach to combating misinformation is dynamic, changing in step with the evolving guidance from public health organizations, including the WHO and the CDC. For example, back in February, when the CDC warned against hoarding masks, Pinterest banned ads for face masks and started cracking down on users' posts about them. Then, when the CDC changed its guidance to encourage mask wearing, Pinterest pivoted, allowing advertisers and the public to share content about masks, including tips on how to create handmade coverings. But unfortunately, given Pinterest's small footprint within the broader social media landscape, their efforts, while exceptional, are only a small impact on a much larger problem. On social media sites, when people don't find others who espouse their misinformed beliefs, they simply migrate to other new groups or new social networks. It's like a forest fire, Johnson said. People just direct themselves. If they don't find what they want, they just work around it in another space. This problem is especially dire because of the way Facebook appears to help extremists recruit new followers. While pages spreading vaccine myths had fewer followers than factual pages, falsehood spreading pages were higher in number, faster growing, and increasingly more connected to neutral pages where people did not yet have a clear leaning one way or the other. If policymakers are to comprehensively address social media's misinformation problem, they need a research-driven guide that details where extremists are making connections online and how they are recruiting more moderate or undecided individuals. As Johnson warned, you won't win this battle if you don't have a map of the battlefield. And now, other stories from this week. Healthcare IT News published an article called Patients Want to Download Their Own Health Data Report Shows, which found that a poll from Pew Charitable Trusts finds a large appetite for patient access and widespread support for providers who do better information sharing between EHR systems. The Forum for Healthcare Strategists, in partnership with True North Custom, published a post entitled Three Compelling Signals from the State of Healthcare Content Marketing Study. In this post, they shared three shifts in content marketing healthcare marketers should be aware of. The search engine roundtable shared new performance insight metrics from Google My Business that any hospital digital marketing team should be aware of. And lastly, be sure to listen to Touchpoint Media's The Connected Hospital podcast. Host Lance Lundford speaks with Collective Medical's Kat McDavitt about this tricky landscape of engaging hospital leaders in B2B messaging and how to conduct marketing operations that speak to a target audience's needs. And that's it for this week's TPS5. If you like the latest in healthcare news in an email format delivered weekly to your inbox, be sure to subscribe to the TPS report, which you can sign up for on the Touchpoint Media website at touchpoint.health. Stay safe, be positive, and have a great week.